With the first pick in the 2018 NFL Draft, the Cleveland Browns select Baker Mayfield. Wow. It is Baker Mayfield. From my perspective, he was the number four overall quarterback, right? But I know John Dorsey, and from John Dorsey's perspective, John's got a little swag, and he likes swag. He likes confidence. This gives a competitor, if you're looking at the plus side of him, What's going on, everybody? Welcome to uh, the next episode of the Teeing Off podcast. Yours truly, Tito Javier, joined again by Alex fucking Kugler, my guy. What's going on? How you been? It's 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 been a it's been two and a half months since we uh, we got back on the horn. A little technical difficulties, you know. We're not we're not pros at this yet, but uh, Alex, it's it's good to have you back, dog. What's going on? We learned that the hard way, didn't we, T? But uh, technology was an issue we were having, but we're good to go. Hoping to give a little bit of uh, sound quality to our listeners, but we got you same a shit different day. That's right, we got you a mic. You're all hooked up. We're ready to go. Listen, if you're if you're listening, wow, my my sounds a little too loud right now. If you are listening right now, look forward to much more content, much more frequently. Sorry, it took us two months to get back on the on the horn together, but. Anybody who is listening, we appreciate you listening. Uh, Going to get into the NBA today. Uh, this will be a quick episode. Uh, we want to talk about the NBA playing tournament, uh, LeBron versus Steph, uh, the Wizards facing LaMelo Ball. Going to be an exciting playoffs. Uh, we figured we'd talk about the playing games since there's a lot of storylines surrounding the playoff games, but uh we did want to start with uh, some news that's been some NFL news that everybody's been talking about in the media. I'm sure you guys all have an, uh, an opinion on it. And, and that's the Jaguars and Urban Meyer signing fucking Tim Tebow uh, to a contract. I'm not sure if they've actually signed him just yet, but all the, all week it's it's been, hey, are we going to sign Tim Tebow? Maybe we should sign Tim Tebow as a tight end, not a quarterback. Alex, I'll I'll kick it to you really quickly. I have my reservations about the Jaguars signing Tebow. I think it's a complete joke, to be honest. I don't think it's going to sit well with anybody in a locker room. I mean, the guy's been out of football for, for six years. All of a sudden, they're going to bring him in to play tight end. Every year, there's hundreds, maybe thousands of NFL hopefuls that don't get drafted, that are probably in much better shape than Team Tebow, have played the position of tight end. I, I don't understand why you would go out and sign him. I think it's a bad look for your team. Uh, I don't think it's a good look for, you know, veterans in your locker room. Everybody knows Tim, Tim Tebow can't play. I mean, he couldn't play quarterback. I doubt he can play tight end, especially after being out of the league for six years. Um, where do you land on it? Where do you, uh, you know, do you think it's a gimmick? Do you think it's uh, something that, the Jaguars should actually consider doing? Look, I mean, the argument's not, are there more deserving guys? Because obviously there is no argument there. There's, like you said, hundreds of other individuals that are probably well more deserving. This is, whether you want to call it a gimmick or not, it's a locker room take. You know, it's bringing a guy in who's going to be surrounded with decent publicity. He's your Christian boy who's represented well outside of sports. Yes, he's coming back with Urban Meyer, who's obviously his, his college coach we had a ton of success with, and I don't know if I'd call him out of shape. He's been playing six years of ball for some uh, some high-quality Syracuse Mets teams up in uh, 
up in the central New York. But at the end of the day, are there a lot more deserving people that are probably going to be much better tight ends this year than Tim Tebow? 100%. I think the question is, is he even planning on playing him? And, and what type of role is he even going to have? Is he going to be more of a blocking tight end? Do they have him prepared to catch balls? I just, I guess I don't understand where he fits in there and, and what the hell they plan on doing with him. Right. I mean, again, the guy, so the last time Tim Tebow played the position of tight end, if I remember hearing this correctly, it was his sophomore year of high school. High school, right. If, exactly. if I remember correctly. So for me, it's, in what world does anybody think Urban Meyer, the general manager of the Jaguars, in what world do you think that Tim Tebow, who, and look, I'm sure Tim Tebow is still a tremendous athlete. I know he was playing double-A baseball, didn't quite make it to the majors, even though I'm sure he was given every single opportunity to. Um, in what world does anybody think that Tim Tebow is going to be able to just come off the street, not having played an NFL snap in six years, change positions and be able to make a 53 man roster. If Tim Tebow makes a 53 man roster, it is solely because urban Meyer is giving oh, of him one of those roster spots. It's not going to be because he earned it. He's making a 53 man roster, whether we like it or not. I mean, I, I mean, I, I would hope so unless you're going to pull all of this just for a, a brief publicity stunt, which wouldn't actually technically be bad because it's putting the Jags in, in the spotlight more than they probably normally are, with the exception of bringing Trevor Lawrence in your overall number one. But, you know. No, no I get it. I totally get it. And and that was when I first heard the story um, that they were going to sign Tim Tebow, I said to myself, this is ridiculous. Like, that is not going to sit well with players in the locker room because right. NFL locker rooms, NFL players know how cutthroat the NFL is. Like, Guys get cut one day and signed the next day. Uh, guys get signed on a Monday and get cut by the end of the week. I mean, it's such a what have you right. done for me lately type of culture. Uh, very dog eat dog. Um, so I, it just doesn't make sense to me why or how Tim Tebow makes a 53-man roster. Now, from a competitive standpoint, I don't understand how that works. From a marketing standpoint and dollar standpoint, right. it makes perfect sense. Two separate things. Right. It makes perfect and sense. I mean, and Urban Meyer pulling this too. I mean, I get it. Maybe there's a little bit of here's where my loyalty lies, but that's not great from a credibility standpoint too early on in your career. You haven't even coached a football game in Jacksonville yet. You're bringing this guy on. Obviously, Trevor Lawrence was, you know, you knew undoubtedly that he was being drafted when they made that hire. So that's that's a big red flag for me as well, is what is Urban doing right now, considering he's coming into a franchise that's been in disarray for, you know, with the exception of a year of Blake Bortles, well beyond the past few decades. So it, it is what it is, but we're going to see how it pans out in the future. Yeah, I mean, look, if they just came out and said, hey, we're bringing Tim Tebow in because he had this all of this success uh, at – University of Florida, which is only an hour from Jacksonville. You know, we want more. We want more people in the stands this upcoming year. Tim Tebow could help with that. Uh, we want more foot traffic. We want more people to be excited about the Jacksonville Jaguars. If if they just came out and said that, I think I would be okay with it because from a dollar standpoint, it makes sense. The Jack the Jaguars are in literally the last market in all of football. But do the fans want to hear that? You know what I mean? Right. Because no. I, I, I agree. I appreciate, you know, 
being forth and letting letting the people know that like hey we brought him in specifically for you know jersey sales ticket sales to put to put butts in seats which is fine but but then, if, but then if you don't, but then if you don't win, see that's the that's right. kind of the yeah. catch twenty two there. You can do that, and if Tim Tebow can bring a winning mentality to that locker room, and they're winning, and it seems like oh my god, they brought Tim Tebow in, he's really uh, galvanized the locker room, and they're winning games. Or Trevor Lawrence looks good under the I don't want to say tutelage because Tim Tebow couldn't play quarterback in the NFL, but you know under the Christian because Trevor Lawrence is a devout Christian himself, right? Um. You know, if he can sort of become buddy buddy with Tim Tebow and have success that way, I mean, I guess then you can sell it to your fan base. But if he makes the fifty three man roster and they suck, I don't, I don't understand how Urban, how Urban lives that one down. I mean, people are going to say you wasted a roster spot on a guy you knew couldn't play. Maybe Urban knows something we don't, and we're getting a little Jags hard knocks HBO. Look, bringing some extra money with Timmy Tebow. Yo. That would, dude. The, the money, the marketing dollars are there. You know what I mean. A lot the of prayers the in interest. A lot of prayers in Jacksonville. No pun intended. The, the interest is there. I mean, we have a unknown podcast, and that's what we opened up with, <laughs> talking about <Yeah>. fucking Tim <laughs> Tebow, right? Like, like we these guys are going to come in spicy today with something hot. Yeah, the sixty, the sixty. The 60 some odd people that may listen to our yeah, podcast sorry, are going to be like, wow, these guys, these fucking guys opened up with Tim Tebow. But I mean, look, it's it's an interesting story. Tim Tebow, for all of his lack of NFL talent, is still kind of kind of box office. We're talking about him. We are talking, talking about, about him. him. But uh Huh. We let's move on. Let's move on from Tim Tebow. Uh, enough of him. I appreciate that. I think everybody will appreciate us moving on from <laughs> Tim Tebow right now. Here but let's let's talk about what we really wanted to jump on and and talk about. The NBA playoffs are about to get started. Uh, shout out to the hometown New York fucking Knicks getting a four seed. Um, I, I've been telling everybody I'm not a Knicks fan. Uh, I'm more of a fan of players. So right now I'm a Steph Curry. Homer, bandwagon, fuck you if you want to criticize me. Uh, but being from New York, I mean, I haven't had this conversation with you. How how much better is the NBA when the Knicks are relevant and good? Oh, you love it. it it's, you love it. I honestly, like, I'm, I'm getting all jazzed up just because of New York. They're going to have home court advantage in a fucking playoff series. That's I mean, did, did any of the Carmelo teams ever have playoff, have, ever have a home court advantage? I don't, I don't think I don't so. so. I, I think, think I think so. all the teams that Melo ever made to or took to the playoffs, all those Knicks teams, were at least a, a, a seven or bottom eight seed. Right. Yeah, a bottom six. Six or lower. Right, six or lower. So uh, kudos to the Knicks. Kudos to Julius Randle, Tom Thibodeau. Uh, fucking awesome to see Derrick Rose playing at a, at a high level again. But let's start by talking about the Eastern Conference playing games. And we'll start with talking about the uh, the Charlotte and Indiana game. Uh, obviously, really the only thing to talk about in this series is LaMelo Ball. Other than LaMelo Ball, I probably wouldn't watch this series or care who wins. But he's been uh, fantastic as a rookie. Uh, I thought he would be. I saw him play a couple of games uh, last year in the Drew League, which ton of NBA players play in. And he was holding his own. So it didn't surprise me that he looked good this year. 
I'm going to take the Hornets in this matchup. I don't really know if I should take the Hornets in this matchup, but I, I really like LaMelo Ball. I think he can uh, will them to a win in this game. Uh, I'm going to take the, the, the Hornets. Uh, who do you got? Roll a dice, baby. Um, I mean, I, I, I love the Hornets on paper. I mean, you got Terry Rozier. You got Devontae Graham, the Bridges kid from Michigan State who just loves to dunk all night. And then you got LaMelo Ball, who's their – they got a big man that I don't recall. But, I mean, on paper, they look really good. Do I know much about this Indiana team? Not really. Nope. You know, DeMontis Sabonis is having an absolute year. He was an all-star. But, you know, I, I it's like I said, roll with dice. Let's go with the, let's go with the Hornets. Let's go. Yeah, I, I'm going to take them. I don't – again, I don't know much about this Pacers team. Um you know, Malcolm Brogdon's in his uh, Malcolm Brogdon is a, a really good player. Um, obviously, Sabonis, Miles Turner. Uh, they they got Karis Levert in that trade with the Nets, but he's been, you know, he was out a lot of the year. It hasn't really clicked. Uh, I'm not really sure if he's one of those guys that'll that'll end up staying there. The Pacers did look look good last year in the um in the bubble uh tj warren had like a, a huge coming out party That's in true. the bubble last year so yeah look I, they have more experience than the hornets going into this game but i mean i'm basically picking as a as a complete fan of Lamelo ball uh i still think that the indiana pacers can uh can make it a good game honestly they might win but but i'll take uh the the charlotte hornets Moving on to uh, the next game, the next playing game in this series, the Hornets and the Celtics. Wizards, Celtics. What did I say? Hornets. You're still on that Lamelo bar. Still on Lamelo. Lamelo, yeah. Lamelo ball flow. There you go. Holy so, gosh, got place. it, got it. The the Wizards and the Celtics. Obviously, Bradley Beal, uh, Russell Westbrook, um, Jason Tatum. More star power in this game. I think it's going to be a much better game than the Hornets and the Pacers. Um, look, Washington has been a huge surprise considering where they were to start off the season. Um, they, I mean, they, they looked pretty awful after to start oh, the yeah. season. I, I think they, they were gutter surfing dude. Just, just awful. I mean, what they've done, the, the way that Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal have been able to turn this team around and, get them in a playoff play-in situation. I mean, hats off to, to Russell Westbrook for coming in and making it work. Uh, at the beginning of the year, I thought this was going to be a totally, like, let me get my stats, let me get that, uh, let me average a triple-double. He did that anyway, but for right. him to to get this team and, and Bradley Beal also, to get this team to a playoff situation where things just looked Absolutely dreadful to start the season. Uh, kudos to them. Uh, on the flip side, Boston, um, I know Jalen Brown is hurt, and they really haven't clicked all year. Kemba Walker is really a shell of himself. Uh, I really am not sure where to go in this one. I, I'm going to take the Wizards just because they have their two stars in Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal, where Jason Tatum is all Boston has. Uh, Jalen Brown uh, I think he broke his wrist, so he's so he's out for for the remainder of the season. Yeah, um, he's done. Yeah, done. Uh, I love the Wizards in this in this game. Uh, Bradley Beal came back from that knee ankle injury. I can't remember what it was uh, for the last like two regular season games. He looked good. 
Uh, I'll take the two stars over the one stars in this game. So, so I got Washington. Who you got? Yeah, I mean, up until what? When Bradley Beal had that brief injury, he was chasing Steph for the... Scoring title. Points title. Mm -hmm. Scoring title, right? Obviously, Russell's had an unprecedented season, again, with triple doubles with just a stupid amount. But Boston's been there. You know, they have that experience coming in. Even though they fell to 36-36, had a pretty crappy bottom half to the season, they they have been there. So, I'm more or less... Let me... Sorry to cut you off. Where do you land on... Russell Westbrook and the whole triple double thing. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's to to record a triple double is 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 un, is unreal. I mean, especially in the NBA where these where everybody is just so talented to to get a triple double in any game is super impressive to me. I'm just kind of over it now. Did you see the uh, Did you see the rebound that he got to to pass Oscar Robertson? Did you see that by any chance? I did not know. Yo, the the center, the center literally jumped half, like jumped halfway in the air, realized Russ was next to him, and just laid off. Just gave it to him. Just gave it to him. I just mean, you got to respect that. You got to love the teammate. You, you know. I I mean I do I do. You know, I, boys about to get to make history. Might I appreciate well that, but then like, so. doesn't it kind of water down this whole? You know you beat Oscar Robertson or you're you're averaging a triple double every year for the last like three years like doesn't it sort of take a little bit away from that if if we yeah, know that I guys mean, on your team are just handing over you know rebounds to it's you it's been it's been watered down since the NBA you know averaged 115 120 points per side a night right. you know when you score that many points in a basketball game the stat sheet's going to look much more incredible than a guy like Oscar Robertson, who back in the day is, you know, on a team that's putting up 90, 95 points. So be it. So not to diminish anything that Russ is doing. I mean, it's absolutely insane. I guess my issue with it is it's great that he's making history. It's great that he's grabbing triple doubles. But at the end of the day, his team isn't better because of it. Right. His team is four games under 500. It would be unbelievable if he were averaging a triple-double when he was two or three, four or five games above 500 because then you can kind of justify it and say, okay, what he's doing and what he's producing every night on a night-to-night basis is helping us win games. And right now, it's, you know, yes, they've had a, a nice run the last 20, 25 games of the season, but your team's 34 and 38. You snuck into a, you know, to a playing tournament by the, the skin on your teeth. Are you really making your team better by... By going out and putting up a triple double every night. Yeah, that's true. We'll see. I mean, look. I mean, he's definitely making his team better. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I think mean. he. I think he's learning a little bit about himself. Uh, the last, as you said, twenty five games. I think he's realized that he's not a shooter, and you know, he he can be a very good. He can be a very good facilitator. He puts a lot of pressure on the defense. You know, coming downhill. Uh, because of that, you know, he gets easy assists. Uh, I think he's re- he's realized that. Look. I have to play to my strengths and my strengths are putting pressure on the defense, uh, dribble penetration, kicking out. He's not a shooter. Uh, And I think the more he realizes, the more he continues to realize like, Hey, I got to let the guys who are good shooters shoot uh, and not, you know, get so tunnel vision when I'm on the basketball court. I think if he can continue to do that, and I've seen, you know, lately that, that he has been doing that sort of deferring to Bradley Beal, uh, I think he can sort of reinvent his game. Uh, I really do. 
uh, again, I agree more. Yeah, I think uh, that's the great thing about having great shooters around you, right? You know, play mm-hmm. to your strengths and let Bradley Beal shoot seven, eight, nine, ten threes a night. Uh, all right, we'll move on from that. We both took Washington. Let's go to the Western Conference uh, play-in games. We'll start with the not so. I mean, when I look at this game on a schedule, I'm almost just like God. You couldn't. You couldn't have asked for a more boring matchup and two more yeah, you boring get, cities. You get John Morant, though. Yeah, I mean, I like John Morant. Steph gave him the business the other night, as Steph does <laughs> to to most people. Uh, you know, get your pop, get your popcorn ready. Steph told him at the beginning of the game, and Ja just literally had nothing for Steph. But I like John Morant. Uh, I think he's going to be uh, a really good player. Um, you know, for his size, it's pretty incredible how above the rim he can play. Uh, I think, you know, he still needs to work on uh, an outside jump shot. Once he gets that, I think he'll be one of the top point guards in the league. I don't think that'll come for another four or five years. He's still got a lot of catching up to do as far as, you know, getting his game fully NBA ready, getting to to an all-star level. Let's talk about this game with San Antonio. If I'm being honest, does Rudy Gay still play for the San Antonio Spurs? Because if not, then I don't know anybody on their roster. I, yeah, you do. You know DeMar DeRozan. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forget him. But he's almost just like, blah, to me. You suck, you jackass. Poor guy. <laughs> right? Like, leaves Toronto. They win a championship. I don't think you well, can say, I don't think you can say enough about his character. He's a great, he's a great character guy, but he just doesn't, he just doesn't do it for me. I, I watched him and the Toronto Raptors, like, finish first in the East so many years, only to get fucking swept by LeBron year in and year out. Uh, DeMar DeRozan does nothing for me. Literally nothing. That's an FYI for you. We do have Rudy Gay on the squad making 14 and a half mil a year, and then he got Patty Mills. But with the exception of those three, you are, you're pretty accurate. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't really know anybody. Nobody, uh, nobody on that roster really, really does anything for me. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and take Ja Morant, Dylan Brooks and the Memphis Grizzlies in that playing game. Um, again, don't DeMar DeRozan. I've seen way too many times in uh, playoff situations, him just come up super short. Uh, I, hopefully against a younger team in the Memphis Grizzlies, he can finally have, you know, maybe a, a nice little showing out, but uh, until he can prove that, uh, I'm going to go with the team that has a little bit more star power. I'll take John Morant and the Grizzlies in that game. Uh, who you got? You're forgetting the most important San Antonio Spur team. You know, I know what you're doing right now, mm. and I don't like it. You're right. You know, the guy just had a nice tribute from uh, Timmy Duncan on stage in Springfield this weekend. But listen, at the end of the day, you got a DeMar DeRozan who's going to, you know, He's going to put up over 25 in this game, and then you got a great Popovich. I don't really know who will win, but I got a feed you on one game. We can't sit here and go back and forth and take the same winners. So I appreciate it. The Spurs there. But I also want to think that, I mean, Memphis Memphis has played Golden State the last two games of the season. One, one, lost one. The one they lost was for that eight spot. They played uh, last night. I mean, they're going to be a little bit tired. San Antonio's had a little bit more rest and. We'll find out, I guess, at the end of the day. I didn't you know what? I, I appreciate that. I didn't I didn't take into account Greg Popovich. Uh in a one game scenario, I don't think you can count out uh Greg Popovich and his ability to to game plan against a team that 
has limitations in, in Memphis. So I don't a very young Memphis. Team. I don't hate that pick very from young. you. I don't hate that pick from you. I appreciate you going the other way. Uh, it wouldn't be a great podcast episode if all we were doing was fucking agreeing on shit. But I, I like that. I like you going with the, the San Antonio Spurs and Greg Popovich. I did get a chance to watch uh, Tim Duncan's uh, Hall of Fame induction speech. It's the only one that I have watched. I caught it on YouTube. Um, all right. I like it. Moving on to the most exciting game of, uh, of the play-in tournament, the Golden State Warriors and my Golden State Warriors, your Los Angeles Lakers. This is going to be, I mean, first of all, we, we were talking about this before uh, we jumped on the air. How fucking brilliant does Adam Silver look right now creating this play-in tournament and you have Steph Curry, LeBron James, the two biggest players the two biggest brands in the NBA going head to head in a one game uh, playoff situation. I mean, Adam, Adam Silver just looks absolutely brilliant. Uh, the game is on Wednesday night, not till 10 PM. So those of us on the East coast, fuck. Um, but yeah. still, I mean, I'm going to stay up and watch it. Maybe I'll come over and watch it. Maybe I'll come over and watch it with you. Right. We'll, uh, we'll get, we'll get funny. Um, uh, anyway, I'm, I know who I think is going to my I'm totally picking on emotion. I'm totally going to pick on emotion because like we didn't know that. coming. <laughs> I'm picking on emotion. Fuck the Lakers. Everybody who knows me knows that LeBron. I love to punch that guy in the face, but I can't, you know, because I get in trouble. Yeah, Look, yeah, I respect yeah. I respect LeBron James. There's nothing not to respect about LeBron James, but I'm going with the fucking Warriors and Steph Curry. Uh, in a one-game situation, Steph has been he's been on fire. LeBron said yesterday he's the MVP of the league. I think so. Jokic, uh, he's a great player. I'm just I'm sorry he just doesn't do it for me. I'm going with the Warriors. I think uh, Steph is going to shoot them into a into a victory. Andrew Wiggins has been playing solid. Uh, Draymond and Steph, I don't think they've ever been in such unison. I mean, these guys are just. They know where each other are at all times on the basketball court. That be I'm excited. I'm excited that our listeners just got to to witness how passionate you get about the teams that you front run so hard. Why don't you shut the hell up? Well, I respect the loyalty beyond I, all belief. I am just, who I am, all right? Okay, we, I am who I am. We got more F-bombs in the last three minutes of this segment just because Tito was describing his love for the Golden State Warriors, and he gets so excited and so fired up. We got him yelling. We got him dropping F-bombs all for this poor Warriors team that's going to lose to the Lakers and have to play for that eight seed. My loyalty is to Steph Curry. It just so happens that he plays for the Golden State Warriors. Fair just, enough. Okay. Just, want, just want to let everybody know that. My Steph- yeah, well, let's, I mean, at the end of the day, like you said, Adam Silver, most people didn't love the idea, but viewership was down in the bubble during a pandemic, a year where viewership, meteorites, et cetera, should have been through the roof. No, that's not that viewership was viewership was down across, across every single sport. Fair enough. Every single sport. But I, my point to it is I think he wanted to, to come together, to think of a way to boost revenue, get more teams involved to get more, channels of viewers from different demographic areas uh, across the United States. And that's why he could put this together. Also, some think it's 
just to get more teams in the East involved because the right. poor bottom half of the East year in and year out is just horrific. Right. It, it, I, I, honestly, we, I... We love what he did. We love what he did. No, it's great. And, I, and to your point, I think it was totally because of the Eastern Conference because generally the last, like, seven, eight, nine, ten in the East, I mean... They're all they're all pretty awful. So it's basically like pick pick one out of a hat. So for the Eastern Conference, it does make total sense. The bottom half of the Eastern Conference is just so terrible that picking one team over the other is kind of I don't want to say ridiculous. You finish where you finish, but yeah, it it gives it gives two more teams uh, an opportunity. Right, it gives two more teams an opportunity to get in there where. You know, there's so much parity, I guess, at the bottom of the Eastern Conference. Look, I loved the idea. Who would have ever thought that the Golden State Warriors and the Los Angeles Lakers would have finished seven and eight? I mean, I guess you could have thought the Warriors because they were missing a lot of their guys. But who would have thought the Lakers would have slid so much where they were in the playing tournament? That's what happens when you uh, when you take leisure time and we can't get all of our guys healthy at once. But you're a Laker guy. You know, are you are you worried about LeBron and AD and? Uh, their health right now? I mean, they we've. I mean, I'm a little worried, obviously, because they played three games together in the past month and a half. But at the end of the day, if everybody says, "I love the addition of Andre Drummond," I'm a huge advocate of him. He's a walking 15 and 15, maybe even a 2018 guy. I mean, he just can score around the rim, and he loves to play defense, and he loves to grab boards. So he's a huge addition. So you let, you know, your EDs and your LeBrons go out and put up more points, but also have another guy to to dish the rock to. I think if you're Golden State, your worry is when you do lose to the Lakers, which, again, if you do, you have to go and play a, a Grizzlies team if they beat San Antonio for a third time in four or five days. This is true. You know, and you got to come back and play them, and that's two teams that are – very well acquainted with one another. So that's, I mean, we got, we got a lot to look forward to. I'm not going to, I won't lie to you. This is probably the first time where I would say I'll, I'll sit down and watch the first couple rounds of an, of an NBA playoff series. One, because they are one game. So it makes it that much more interesting. Right, correct. But two, you get the added, the added teams that all have their own individual star power that you can sit down and you enjoy watch i.e. LaMelo Ball. You know? Right. I, I'll, I'm definitely going to watch the Charlotte game, uh, you know, because of LaMelo Ball. There's a bunch, you know, there's star power in the Washington-Boston game. Uh, and then obviously Golden State, L.A. I'll probably sit out the San Antonio-Memphis game. I mean, honestly, I might just come down to Jersey City and watch those those games with you. So maybe we'll just watch Doors it. Open. But you yeah, I mean, that, that, one I could, that one I could do without. I could care less who wins that game. What we'll do when you get here, too, and this is for, for all of our listeners as well. One, we appreciate you. Thank you for supporting us. Share our podcast with any friends who like to talk about sports. More importantly, like to hear two idiots talk about sports. But I want to take a hot sack because my man's, you know, the, the most important figure in my youth basketball career passed away, you know, a year and a half ago, which has been troublesome to the basketball community. But if you get an opportunity... Go watch Vanessa Bryant make a speech about Kobe at the Hall of Fame from the past weekend. Michael was also there to to enjoy that with him, and, and the family was all there. But it is a little bit tear-jerking. But anybody who's a true basketball fan who enjoyed growing up watching Kobe Bryant, definitely go and check it out because uh, it's definitely worth watching. Yeah, I have to check that out. I, um, I've passed by it a couple times on YouTube. I will eventually get around to watching it. Uh, did, did Michael Jordan make a speech also? Did he give a speech? 
I have only listened to the Vanessa speech. Okay. All right. Um, obviously, I tuned in for a little Timmy Duncan speech and a few others, but I don't know if Michael did make a speech or not. I apologize. No, no, no. Here, worries. I, am, here I am telling everybody to watch it, but I uh, look. I mean, I'm sure. Well, I'm Vanessa sure Vanessa Bryant. I'm sure Vanessa Bryant's speech is is the speech that most people um, tuned in uh, to to watch. Uh, you know, shout out to to her. She's been strong as hell. I mean, I can't. You can't. I don't know if anybody could imagine losing uh, a daughter and a spouse all in in one tragedy, especially, you know, someone who her daughter had so much life to live. Kobe, I mean, is an icon. Rest in peace to him. Like we said, this was going to be uh, a quick episode just on the the first play in games. You know, we will get you guys more content as those play in games get going as the nba playoffs get going uh alex uh anything else yeah. anything else you got you got to throw in there i guess uh so we're gonna throw this up on instagram spotify like we normally do guys um we always love feedback you know obviously this is a quick segment with a little tim tebow to bore you a little bit at the start so we can get hot into the nba playoff tournament but throw us suggestions let us know what you want to listen to i mean we're here to shoot the shit for an hour together so we want to get you guys involved, and obviously, let's uh, let's relate everything to sports. But yeah, let us know so we can uh, we can make this more entertaining for everybody. Word up! Throw us some uh, some questions. Uh, I did have something that I wanted to mention to you about Astoria. I can't remember what it was. It had something to do with Steph Curry and me losing a ton of money on that 2016 that NBA Finals. Right. Something, something. It'll it'll come back to me. Maybe we'll talk about it in uh it, it, on the next uh, episode. Yeah, but, we can talk about it. But uh, yeah, man. Let's uh let's jump now. Appreciate you jumping on Hukugs. Uh, we will do this again, and we appreciate you guys listening. Talk to you later.